Is we in this joint? I think we in this joint. This will be a short episode. Don't even worry about it. I ain't got many topics, and it is a holiday. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Well, in just about 15 seconds from now, it'll be 1990. They're gathered down below as we say goodbye to 1989. What's up for the, the ball is moving. The crowd sees it. You can hear them. Oh, can you ever hear them? They know when it hits the bottom, it'll be 1990 to the 80s. I'm fighting for you, Jack. I'm fighting for you, Jack. Little quarterback, yeah, cause I'm all oh, that 
Jack, just another nigga with no bitches and an opinion, and I've been wildin' for respect. What is up? How y'all living? Happy New Year's! Happy New Year's! Happy New Year's! You know what I'm saying? Praise be to the most high. If you ain't got a most high, you know what I'm saying? Just have some appreciation and gratitude for somebody, something, or someone, you know, that you made it through 2023. Holy macrimony. Did this thing fly by? I cannot believe it's 2024 already. I don't even know where 2023 went. Holy crap. I really, I don't know. I don't know where it went. It's been a wild year. Uh, it's crazy to think at this very moment I'm not in Los Angeles. That's pretty crazy, too. That's pretty crazy, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I started off the year L.A. May, June came around. I had to bust a move. Ain't no telling. Who knows where where I could be 2024? Ain't no telling. I got some applications to put in tonight, actually. Young Wody could be. You feel me? Uh, so, yeah. Praises to the most high. You know what I'm saying? Big shouts to Allah, inshallah. For real. We really did it. We really did it. Uh, but again, like I said, it will be a short one. So let's, uh, get right on into it again. Happy holidays. 
Uh, happy belated Christmas. I did not drop last week. I did bring my stuff. I brought my stuff to the Noak. Uh, with not full intentions on recording, but I thought to myself, maybe I might record. If I did record, I was low-key thinking about getting my dad on the pod. I'm still going to do that one day. I'm going to get my dad on the pod one day. I might get my mom on the pod one day, too. That'd be crazy. Um, But, yeah, so let me just give y'all a little backtrack. So, last week, obviously, Christmas. Oh, man. Let me just say, and I'm not sure what you guys' luck is when it comes to flying. But, man, oh, man, it would just be so nice to not have to run, jog at a great pace through an airport. Flying out last Friday, right? Get off work early. For sure, for sure, for sure. Get off work early. Didn't have to worry about rushing to the airport. I was able to go back to the crib, take me a quick little shower, and bonk out. I get to the crib, take me a shower. Think I maybe might have ate some food or something like that. I don't know. But when I was at the crib, I got a notification. Your flight has been delayed. I knew that was going to happen. I just felt like, I just knew like this is going to be some bullshit. Something going to happen. I'm going to end up having, my flights are just going to be wonky. So with my flight being delayed, it got pushed back an hour. I was supposed to fly out at like 7.30, 7.40, something like that, right? It got pushed back an hour. So I'm like, all right, well, that gives me more time to just chill at the crib until I have to leave. But then I thought about like, well, traffic is still going to be traffic no matter what. Um, so I might as well just stick to what I know and, you know, practice what I preach which is I'd much rather be at the airport waiting than be right on time getting to the airport because you never know what's going to happen, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to bounce out as if my flight, as if I was flying out regular time. I'm not even going to deal with this and that because I live by the stadium in Houston. Instead of me flying out a hobby this time, I had to fly out of international. It's been a minute since I flew to international. it's been a really long time since I flew out of international, maybe over over a decade, uh, for real, for real. And I'm not sure how their parking and stuff is and this and that, so let me just go. I get there. Everything's cool. Uh, go get me some food. Waiting forever for a table to get open. No table opens. Finally, maybe like an hour or so. Uh a table open, so I give me some food, give me a couple of drinks. This is the first time I've ever been like really kind of drunk at the airport. Uh, I wasn't faded, but I was feeling good. So my flight leaves, but during this time, as I'm waiting to get some food, they're sending me notifications saying how I'm going to miss my Connect flight in Charlotte because normally I will fly into D.C., or I might fly into Charlotte. Normally I fly into DC because just flying into Roanoke, flying into Roanoke, it's just always way more expensive. But I guess just because of holiday prices and things of that nature, the tickets weren't really that much crazier. It was maybe like $60 more, maybe $60 more, some shit like that. So I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll just 
fly into the note and just save the time of having to drive three hours from DC, uh, you know, and having to leave leave town earlier when I'm flying back and having to drive like it's not worth it. But dealing with connect flights, you never know. So they're texting me saying, all right, you're going to get rebooked. You're going to miss your connection, your connecting flight out of Charlotte, Toronto. We're going to have to rebook you. Your flight's not going to leave out of Charlotte until Sunday, 9 a.m. Guys, again, it's Friday when they're sending this to me. Friday at 8, at 7 and 8 o'clock, 6, 7, 8 o'clock. They're, they're sending this to me. So I'm like, wait, what? Like, I'm trying to pull up. Like my pops is and stuff is throwing a little get together Saturday, uh, not necessarily Christmas Eve, but that's what we're doing. Our Christmas Eve celebration on Saturday instead of Sunday. So I, I need to be in Roto. I need to be in Roto. So as I'm booking it, I mean, as I'm, uh, as they're telling me this or whatever, now I'm on enterprise. I'm trying to get me a rental. I'm trying to get me a rental, this and that. So I'll book me a rental uh and all and all this and that blah 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 right finally get on the flight all right cool get to charlotte um get to char i get to charlotte around maybe maybe like 10 minutes maybe like 10 minutes before our boarding like before boarding starts or we hit the tarmac as boarding starts it's like at 11-something, this and that. I'm not sure, but it's really right there. So I'm trying to get off the plane. Everybody's getting off the plane because they're nowhere running late, so people are trying to get off the plane. And the people that, people that I'm sitting beside, this is the thing about having a window seat. I love having a window seat because when I get on the plane, I'm cool. I, I rarely ever have to get up and go to the bathroom, anything like that. Whatever, so I don't be tripping, but it also kind of sucks sometimes when you're trying to like rush and get off the plane, and the people sitting beside you like they on some bullshit. So we get off, so we're about to get off the plane, and all the rows in front of us are empty, and it's getting to our row to get off. But the two people beside me are just kind of like lollygagging, like like they wasn't trying to get up, like they weren't in a rush. So I'm like, hey guys, like, hey, I I I, I really I'm really trying to make a, a connecting flight. So finally, they like grab their shit up real fast and like get the fuck like yeah, get the fuck off the plane. What y'all doing? Think y'all just gonna wait for everybody? Bullshit! Like get the fuck off the plane. Y'all tripping? Um, so I get off Terminal B. Get off Terminal B, I'm like B nine or some shit like that. I gotta go all the way to like my gate is like C forty something, some some goofy shit like that, bro. I got to bend all kind of crazy. Like, as soon as I get off the shit, I'm just jogging. I'm jogging. Get to the shit. And I see there's a plane outside of the gate. Uh, And I'm like, is this closed? Like, is this closed? Can I make it on the plane? Whatever this and that. He was like, this plane isn't leaving. Like, this gate is closed. It's not. And I'm like, you sure? Because I'm looking at the shit right here on the shit. It says Roanoke. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Dude's like, hey, you got to go talk to this lady down here. So I go talk to a lady down there. Something's going on. So... As I'm about to go talk with her, she's like, oh, so I'm dealing with something right now. You got to go talk to customer service because I'm asking her, like, hey, 
is this flight over here leaving, gate, this and that, whatever? She's like, you got to go talk to customer service around the corner. I'm like, fuck. So I'm about to go over there, right? But as I'm going, as I'm walking back towards the, the other gate, the gate next to it, I see at the bottom of the screen, Roanoke, uh, Charlotte, Toronto, gate E, whatever it was. I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? So now I'm just high telling it from gate C all the way to gate E. And it's showing you on the little screens and stuff like that when you're coming through the terminals of like how how far it is in walking distance. Bro, this shit say 14 minutes. 14 minutes. 14 minutes. Are you kidding me? Oh, excuse me, guys. Like, are you kidding me? This is terrible. Get all the way to the gate. The shit's all the way at the end. Like, it's like the last one. I think it's like E41 or some goofy shit. Like, it's it's just down there, bro. I get there. Long story short, I'm literally the last person to get on the flight. So much so that they were about to start they were about to start putting the bystanders on the plane. Is that what they call it? The bystanders? Or, uh, uh, I, I don't even know. I can't even remember the term right now. But y'all know the folk that's like, you can get on the plane after everybody else. Like, you might have a, 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 a ticket for a plane, but you don't have a seat. You don't have a seat. So, You only get to make this flight if that flight isn't full. But if it's full with all the other passengers, then you just late. Bro, that was me. They had to rebook me. They had to rebook me on the flight because I didn't check in, all this and that. Luckily, there was one seat left. So I got to get on like, oh, my God. I asked the lady like, yo, what's the chances of my bag making it? She was like, yeah, that's probably not going to work. Uh, she's like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. I'm like, all right, damn. I'm like, damn, that kind of sucks, but whatever. Uh, at least I'll be home, and hopefully everything comes through because I got my clothes, I got my my recording equipment and this and that in my suitcase. Like, hopefully everything's good, and it comes in on Sunday. Um, Our flight ended up leaving mad late. I don't know if it was because of me. Or if it was because of they had some kind of techno uh techno techno technical difficulties um and couldn't weigh all the stuff on the plane correctly, so they had to do it by paper. So that ended up pushing our flight like way back. So I get to the note, actually do like, hey, who do I talk to about like if your bag doesn't make it? Uh I was gonna miss my connecting flight. I got rebooked for Sunday, this and that. He was like, well, did you get a, uh, any messages or anything saying your your uh, bag didn't make it? I'm like, nah, that's just, I was like, I just talked to the lady at the gate. That's what she was telling me in Charlotte. He was like, well, just go downstairs, meet me at American, and and I'll holler at you, this and that. I'm like, all right, for sure. Go downstairs, go downstairs, see everybody's bags, and I'm just and I'm just waiting over, over there for the bags, too, just thinking, like, oh, who knows? Maybe, maybe it did, maybe they did make it. Like, we... Our flight ended up leaving late, so maybe they were able to get my shit on there on time, this and that, whatever the case. But I'm still banking on, I'm just going to get my my bag on Sunday. Come in through the clutch. I see my bag coming around the conveyor. But like, hold up, is that my bag right there? And then I see it. Oh, my bag. It made it. 
we made it. Everything was gravy. So, yeah, guys, that was my uh, airport hassle story. It definitely sucked. Uh, I know I spent a long time on that. I do apologize, but holy crap, guys. Holy crap. I had to get that one off because, boy, this year I've been having some – I've been having some some wild, some wild airport, some wild airport uh, situations going on, for real. Uh, but on to the next topic. Speaking of end of the year wrap ups and things of that nature, what's up with y'all on the music? What was y'all's looking like? I'm going to tell you what mine was looking like. It was a great, actually, it wasn't a great year. It wasn't a great year for music. Um, I did have a few standouts that I really appreciated. Uh, definitely fell in love with some music. Uh, and yeah, so anyways, just run through this right quick. My top artist, top five right now, Drake. That was a surprise to me. That was a surprise, but at the same time, Drake kind of came out with a handful of music this year. He came out with a handful of music, uh, and his and his catalog is, is is so large that it's easy to just play a lot of Drake. And I was telling somebody, and I was telling somebody like, I was surprised to see Drake as my number one, but I wasn't totally i wasn't totally uh shocked because again like there's just so much there's just so much of drake that you can play who i really thought was going to be my number one was my number two that was little yachty little yachty uh had my favorite album of the year with less with uh let's start here i thought that was an amazing album uh i really really enjoyed it it really makes me miss Los Angeles again. That came out earlier in the year. I think it dropped in February of 2023. Um, man, driving down to Long Beach, driving through Laguna and shit like that, playing his album, smoking like it was it was a vibe. So he came in at number two with uh, over 1,500 minutes played. Drake was number one with 1,800 minutes. Kanye was number three with 2,200 minutes. Uh, Kendrick Lamar was number four with uh, over 700 minutes, 764 minutes. Uh, and 03 Greedo. 03. 03 rounded out the top five with 716 minutes. And just, and just, and just to give out. An honorable mention, sixth man of the year, always Dom Kennedy. Dom Kennedy. Uh I had my my boy Big Crit at number nine. I really like that. Uh oh, that's crazy. That's kind of wild. The game had the I didn't even realize that. Game came in at number eleven. That's pretty crazy. Shout out my nigga Ray Lamonte came in at number thirteen. Rick Ross came in at number fifteen. Marvin Seven, number twelve. Uh, top song, top song, 03 Greedo, Substance, 186, 186, uh, 
186 plays. If you don't know what song that is, it's this one right here. Hold up. Where is it at? I'm tripping. Oh, I don't have it? It's not on here? Oh, here it goes. Right here. That was number one. Number two. I know y'all ain't ready for number two. Said that May. Number two was Virgin by Adolescente or Orquestra. Number three, great song. That was number three. Uh, number four. Number four was the amazing, the fucking smash, the straight up classic. Suavemente, besame. Te quiero sentir tus labios besándome otra vez. Suavemente, besame. And number five. Number four was Suavemente by Elvis Crespo. And number five, shout out that boy Joe. Shout out that boy Joe Arroyo. Because he this is really my shit right here. D said. Quiero contarle, mi mano, un pedacito de la historia negra, de la historia nuestra, caballero. Y dice así. One time for my boy Marco. That was number five. And what would be my six man of the year? Ooh, that's a that's a great six man. I actually gotta play that for y'all. I do have to play that for y'all because that is an amazing six man. That is an amazing six man. One second. Give it to me. Boom. song is so fucking hard yachty really went crazy with that uh number six drive me crazy Lil yachty with 80 plays uh substance had 186 plays virgin had 132 strike had 127 suavemente 106 rebellion by joe rodeo is uh 93 now this is the interesting thing 
Uh, top album, Let's Start Here, Little Yachty. Uh, number two doesn't really count because it was a single, but he put it up. But it was a, it was like a, a EP, uh, Strike Holster. So it had Strike, Drive Me Crazy, and maybe Black Seminole. Uh, so that had 110 plays. Honestly, never mind. Again, that's what I'm saying. Drake's catalog is so crazy. You can just go back and just play Mad Drake. That dropped in 2021. That came in at number three with 98 plays. For All the Dogs, 84 plays. Then the Diddy Love album, uh, 82 plays. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and number six was For All the Dogs, but I, the other one was for the, the Deluxe. Um, now, top genres, hip-hop, R&B and soul, alternative, rap, and music of tropical. Now, this is the interesting part. My top playlist, number one, for the Steppers. Number two, Wild Into Infinity. Number three, The Joys. Number four, damn, Jack, like that? Number five, Replay 2023. So this shit probably got updated a little bit. Uh, But what makes this interesting is Wild Into Infinity, Wild Into Infinity, that's a large playlist. I've been building that playlist for years. Same with my other one, Three Nights on the Ten. Uh, building that playlist for for years. The Joys, that's one of my favorite playlists. That's that's a playlist that as soon as the music comes on, it just makes me feel like I want to dance. It just puts me in a mood of, of joy, of happiness. I really love that one. But I say all that to say, for the Steppers, which is... My uh, my Latin, my 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 Latin musica tropica, uh, genre. I didn't make that genre. I didn't make that playlist until summer, until after I got back from Cuba. So, at earliest, I made that playlist. I, pl- I made that playlist in July. So from July to the end of the year. It's pretty safe to say, for the most part, all I was playing was Latin music. All I've been listening to is Spanish music. All I've been fucking grooving to is salsa shit. That's all I've been on. That's all I've been on. Um, And I like that. That's something that I really love about 2023. I found a love, a new love for salsa music. That is insane to me. I never would have thought that, never would have guessed it. Uh, but again, going to Cuba, it really turned me out. Pause. Um, but that's because I did already have two songs going into Cuba that I really loved. Amiga and my other joint. But again, I don't know shit. I'm just thinking they like Mexican. I'm just thinking they Mexican songs or some shit like that. Like, I don't know. But then when I got down there, I'm like, oh shit! This whole entire time I've been thinking I've been jamming out to La to La Raza type shit. You know what I mean? But really, I've been jamming out to to y'all. I've been on y'all's vibe this whole entire time. I've been playing these two little songs. So yeah, Cuba, that's right where I'm supposed to be at for surely. Uh, milestones. Listen, twenty five thousand minutes in music. Milestone played 500 artists. Okay. 
milestone songs played. Uh, 2,500 different songs played. That's pretty crazy. So, yeah, that's my end of the year 2003 music wrap-up. I'm sure that was a boring topic for you, but if you do like music and love music the way I do, uh, uh, maybe you did appreciate it. One thing I will say, I hope in 2024, I'm not sure what I hope in 2024 when it, when it comes to music, but I really would love to see something new. I really would love to see something like, and this is kind of like me, me, me and Smith was talking about the other day of like, uh, and maybe I spoke on this on the pod too, on the last pod, but it's like, am I too old right now to get inspired? I don't believe that's so. I don't believe that that's the case when it comes to music and hip hop and rap. But I really would like to hear something that just kind of makes me feel like, oh shit, like this a whole new wave. This a whole new, you feel me? And the last time I felt like that for real, for real was 2016. I remember the first time I heard Indica and I was just fucking blown away by bro because I I wasn't up to date on the young niggas and just his style and his flow. That shit was crazy to me. I'm like, yo, this nigga is ill. Like, how did he even come up with this shit? How did he do this and that and whatever, whatever? And then I remember like playing it for my brother and he was like, oh, he just really kind of like not biting before a lack of better words. He's like, oh, he really just kind of me kind of just biting Uzi. And I was like, oh, for real? Like Uzi beat like Uzi on like is then when I started listening and this and that, I'm like, oh, okay. Now, I, now I can't see the influence. I see the influence. Uh, but at that, but that was a wave. That shit really was new. That, that whole style was just some rap hadn't seen before. And that shit was crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? So I would love to hear just what it would be like. And I don't even know if it would be style right now. Uh, I think it would have to be sound. And maybe that's what it was back then, too. It was really just a sound that just was able to lend to such creativity from these artists. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be somebody that really can come out with a, with a style that just sweeps the game. You know what I'm saying? I think it might have to start with a sound that just lends to a different flow, a different pocket, a different way to use your voice. You know, um, I'm just going to throw shit at the wall. This could be the dumbest take ever, but maybe Tizo Touchdown could be that next person that really just kind of, you know, uh, does that. I think prior to 20, prior to now, I think Baby Keem, I think Baby Keem kind of had a style and sound and probably more so a, a style in 2019, 2019. I think I heard about him in, two, in 2018, but in 2019, when he really started, really, really started going up, I think uh, he might have ushered in to a degree uh a style you know what i'm saying that 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 people could be inspired and bite off of and this and that because that's just really what it's going to come down to but yeah that's definitely what i'm hoping for in 2024 kanye's supposed to drop top of the year uh maybe maybe he might push some shit forward ain't no telling people still like to sleep on donda and this and that i'll never understand how 
Uh, if you like music, I just don't understand how you could listen to that album and don't think it's some of the greatest music you ever heard. Uh, on to the next topic. I've been at it for 36 minutes. I'm going to try to keep this under an hour 10. So let's get right on into it. Oh, uh, you know, I was listening to Charleston White the other day and he said something that I'm not even going to lie, really kind of like really kind of stopped me in my tracks to just think about like, man, is this really the case? Uh, he was speaking on black men being just the weakest race, the weak, the weak, uh, the weakest race of men walking this earth of whites, Asians, Hispanics, Latinos, whatever the case, like black men, black American men, we are by far just the weakest. And he said something that just kind of made me think like, damn, like, he kind of, I don't know exactly how true that whole statement is, but some of the points that he's making is kind of true. And again, and I've said this before, I've seen, I seen this switch. I seen this flip back when I was in high school. This is kind of a long clip, maybe about a minute and a half, but just bear with me. You say that, you know, we're the weakest race. Why do other races kind of act scared of us when they see us? They don't. They don't act scared of us, homie. They challenging us now. They only act scared of us when it's five or six of us and it's only one or two of them. But when it's two on two, four on four, they don't act scared. Now, now, when it's two on two and four on four, nigga, I went to that Earl Spence fight when he fought that Mexican. The Mexican wasn't scared. Nigga, I was I was in and around, nigga, them them Irish white boys when Conor McGregor and, and Mayweather fought. And he and he was sending that racist tone. Hey, dance for me, boy. Oh, yeah. Dance, boy. Oh, really? He told that to Mayweather in his face, homie. But nigga, in the fight, nigga, they were walking around like this. When Tyson Furry, when Tyson Furry whooped Deontay Wilder, nigga, the cockiness of them white folks. When 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 them white boys is kicking niggas' ass in UFC, nigga, they ain't scared of us no more. I remember that shit. They ain't scared of us no more, homie. We, we, homie, listen, nigga, as, as big as bad as Kimbo Slice was, he got in UFC and looked like a pussy. R.P. Kimbo. See, that's what the white people are using for their white kids to let them know that the black boy can't fight no more. They're using UFC. They're using UFC, a gym for training ground for KKK, skinhead, white supremacy. Our boys not knowing how to do this shit. So... When they take the guns out of our boys' hands, that's why they all saying we pussies because we don't know how the UFC fight. They do. They learning them lock balls and all that. We just learning how to with the drill thing. We, we ain't, we're not even learning how to hold a gun because we all got switches. We're not learning how to boop, boop, boop. Homie, why you think you don't never see the police with an extendo? Because they rely on a shot accuracy. Nigga, you with that wild shooting or uh, switch, nigga, he'll lay on the ground and eat your ass up. But we think we tough, but we not, homie. We ain't shit. We ain't shit, my nigga. Our kids, our kids, 
is getting their ass kicked and white boys is beating up niggas in jail now. That's been unheard of. Wow. Nigga, Mexicans is kicking niggas' ass now. Homie, we grew up believing couldn't nobody beat us up. Now everybody beating us up, homie. Nigga, we used to think couldn't nobody whoop no nigga. I don't think that now. Nigga, we weak. Again, that was spoken by Charleston White. And one of the things that, again, that UFC shit, that that's what really drove it home for me of like, damn, we might be kind of in a... Now, that's not to say every white nigga is in that shit. That's not to say every Mexican, every Asian, every Indian, all this and that. Like, but, excuse me, that UFC shit... That's culture. That really is. That really is in, in 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 the white culture for sure. For sure. Like I said, I remember. I remember growing up. Again, growing up, like if you was to fight a white boy, like you not thinking. There's nothing in your head that's making you think that you're gonna lose a fight to a white boy growing up. There was nothing. There was nothing that was gonna make you think that. And if you did, it's just because you came across a white boy that was probably just way bigger than you or that he was just a tough-ass white boy. He was just tough. He was just a tough-ass white boy, and he was just with the shits. But like I said, man, I will never forget being in, in the locker room and just seeing fucking, and I was, shout out the boy, Quentin Odie. I remember seeing him put another little kid, uh, a, a white kid that was, in, that was in our gym class, in a fucking chokehold or some shit like that just playing and damn near tapped him out but i was just seeing like oh like these little white niggas like they really into this shit like they be watching this shit they already was into wrestling and shit like that so this is just another form of it like they already got the grappling down and all this and that this is this is just another form of it and then when i seen that and i just realized like oh they really be watching they really be studying this shit like i don't know this shit don't know the niggas that I don't know this shit. And ever since then, ever since then, I thought I always said to myself, all right, you get into it with, with a white boy now, you best be on your fucking P's and Q's. Because they probably know some shit. They probably know some shit that you don't. And that's going to be on your, that's going to be your ass. That's just like seeing a video. Uh, I remember seeing a video not long ago. Uh, some motherfuckers getting into it at, at at a gym. They playing, they playing, they they just running it up five on five, whatever the case may be. Uh, white dude and a black dude, they getting into it. Black dude on them, and the white dude the whole entire time, he ain't thinking about throwing no hands and no shit like that. He trying to get position, and he got position, and put him in a fucking arm bar or some shit like that, and told dude. Bro, chill out. If you don't chill out, I'm going to snap your shit. Whether it was his arm, it might have been his leg, some shit. I can't I can't remember off top, but it was like, oh, shit. Like, like bro, he let him know why, on the ground. Bro, if you don't chill out, tap out, whatever, like, if you just don't calm down because it ain't that deep, I'm going to snap your shit, bro. I'm not playing with you. That nigga ain't had, he ain't had, he couldn't. It wasn't nothing he could do. It wasn't nothing he could do. He got on his ass. Uh, and that's just, man. And when I see kids today now, like, think again, just think about 
all the drill rappers and all this and that. Like, when you look at these cats, they really be like, they be little niggas. They be little niggas. Like, I feel like I'm relatively skinny for an adult man. I'm 32 years old and I weigh anywhere between 175, 185 pounds. I feel like I'm relatively skinny, relatively small for for an adult size male. Most niggas be walking around this bitch and seeing like everybody at least 200 some pounds, some shit like that. But when you see these 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 kids and shit like these niggas really be real thin. Young niggas really be yelled be real thin. And it's like, damn, no wonder they just be shooting shit up. Cause they for damn sure ain't trying to squabble. They small. These niggas is small. You know they not doing no push-ups. If you know you get if you get any of these fucking super fucking OG gangster ass little young niggas in the gym or some shit like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they couldn't even push a whole cookie. It ain't nothing but 135 pounds, 145 pounds. The bar and a plate. I would I wouldn't be surprised at all if these niggas couldn't even hit that. How tough can they really be? That's not to say niggas might not have quick ass hands. And if you just came up fighting all the damn time, then you're gonna be relatively good because you you just used to it. You used to fighting, you used to your distance, this and that shit, whatever the case may be. Oh. Uh, but I'm not gonna lie. Hearing Charleston say that, it does make me think like, man, maybe niggas really is slipping. Maybe niggas really is slipping. And it just makes you wonder. Our best against their best, how do we stand? How do we match up? How uh going into 2024. That is something that I actually want to start doing. Taking boxing taking boxing classes, boxing lessons, maybe doing some UFC and shit like that. That's just like all right, leaving the airport. Uh or getting to the airport. I'm going I'm getting to the airport, leaving home. I'm turning in my rental and this and that, right? I'm at the counter. Uh I'm at the counter, somebody walks by, somebody walks behind me and uh and, and taps me on the back. He tapped me on the back. Then I look over. Who the fuck is it? My boy, my fucking boy Duck, man. They both uh, from Virginia. My boy Dallas. I ain't seen Dallas in forever, bro. I think the last I'm I probably haven't seen Dallas since I uh since I left for the military. So it's definitely been over 10 years. It's been forever since I seen my boy Dallas. I bring him up because Dallas into that shit. Every time I I, I get on Instagram, like Dallas is a fighter. He be doing that UFC shit and this and that. Like he he a fighter. He is an amateur fighter. And I just be looking like, yo. My boy Duck out here, he too tough with it. Folks might see Duck. <laughs> Folks might see my boy Dallas fucking coming in at 5'7", maybe 5'8", some shit like that, 150 pounds. Shit, if Dallas weigh 150, he might not even weigh 150 right now. 
long story short, whoever come across him and think, oh, he's just a little white boy and I'm going to get on him, you, your ass might just be in for a rude fucking awakening. You might just be in for a rude fucking awakening. Dallas going to get on your ass. He really going to get on your motherfucking ass. For surely. For surely. Um, so, yeah, just even seeing him, it just makes me like, damn, I, I kind of want to get into, like, you know what I'm saying? My my boy out here really going crazy with it. He really going crazy with it. Oh. So, yeah, man, it just, like I said, in 2024, that is something that, uh, that that I want that I want to get into, you know. At least just taking some boxing lessons, you know what I'm saying. And not even so much that it's just because I just want to be out here fighting niggas and this and that shit. But it's been so long since I had a fight. It's been so long since I had since I had a fight that I couldn't even tell you if I know how to fight. I couldn't even tell you because it's just been too long. It's been way too long. I could not tell you if I got hands. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. You know what I'm saying? I want to have some reassurance. I want to have the confidence to know if something go down, I can at least hold my own to some degree or just completely knock a nigga to clean, clean the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I really want to knock somebody out. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. I, I always said to myself, like, I would hope that if I got into a fight and, and I seen that I was knocking somebody out, that in that moment, I would hope that I could, flip a switch and like grab the guy and try to just lay him down instead of knocking him out and just letting him just fall. He might hit his head on the ground and that it could kill him. It could kill him. You know what I'm saying? That's the last thing I'm trying to do is have a murder. I <laughs> have a murder over my head behind a street fight. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's just, that's just insane. That's just insane. But at the same time, I, I definitely just want to know, like, hey, I can I can protect myself. I can protect myself. I ain't trying. I ain't out here looking for trouble. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to do none of that. But you know, if it come down to it, we can get down to it. You know. Uh. So yeah, yeah. It definitely it definitely makes me think about that shit. Him like, damn. Where where does the black man? Where does the black man sit? You know what I'm saying? Like. Where 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 do we really stand? Cause I I I don't believe any ain't nobody fronting on black folk no more. I don't think so. Uh, but then in the same in the same breath, it sometimes it do kind of feel like that. Like motherfuckers is still just kind of we still just kind of carry a reputation of just maybe that's just the reputation. It's not so much that we just so lethal with it, but it's just more so of like man, they they just niggas is just hot. They just you know, uh, they just high heads. And they brought this up because they were talking about uh, Derek Chauvin getting stabbed up in prison, but it was uh, by uh, by Mexicans. And they said they did it on Black Friday, this and that shit. And Charleston was just saying, like, they wasn't doing that out of no, oh, fuck him and all this and that. He said they was doing that to send a message. Like, y'all didn't get him. We finna get him. Just to show y'all we not playing. We'll we'll take it there. It don't look like y'all ready to take it there. Y'all really pussies. Y'all really some hoes. <laughs> y'all niggas is really hoes. 
That's why we say nigga to y'all, because y'all really hoes. Y'all really bitches. So we own y'all. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Uh, All right. And let's get into the next topic. And this is just, this isn't so much about Brody, but more so just think about it. So apparently T.D. Jakes got wrapped up into the Diddy stuff. I don't know what. I don't think anything has necessarily been confirmed for real, for real, but his name was just floating around in it. So it just made me think, like, is T. Jakes an example of how hard it is to flawlessly lead by example? Say he is wrapped up in the Diddy stuff, and he was out here moving moving rogue, moving foul. Does that speak to just how hard it is to be perfect as a man? How hard it is to be perfect as a human? How hard it is to not succumb to your lower self? How hard it is to really just fight off your desires? Does it really just speak to how hard it is, how difficult it is to be disciplined? Like I said a long time ago, motherfuckers be talking about some. Uh, only jo- only God can judge me because I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. This and that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But that's a cop out. That whole I'm not perfect shit is a cop out. Because before you get to perfect, you got to be disciplined. And that's the real hard thing. That's what makes being perfect so hard. Because to be perfect, you got to be disciplined. You really got to be consistent. That's like a quick example. I went go-karting yesterday. Uh... And, and and I was watching YouTube videos of guys uh, go-karting at, at K1. K1, K1, uh, K1 go-karting, they got, they got uh, facilities all around the nation. They have leagues, you know what I'm saying, world championship, this and that. It really made me think, like, damn, I kind of want to get into a league. Like, I kind of want to be a racer. I've always wanted – I always felt like I could be an ill-ass driver, so – I, I kind of want to get into it. Who knows? I might. Maybe. Uh, but I was watching one video of a dude just talking about how he got a quick lap time. My fastest lap time yesterday was like 28 seconds, 28 something. Uh, and dude beat me on the last lap, son of a bitch, fucking Julio. Uh, I was the first one across the track, but we was going by lap time. He had the fastest lap time. I had like a 28.6. He had a 28.3. And his last lap was his best lap, so he got me. And I, I was wondering, I was like, hold up. I just went around this shit, and I was number one. What happened? Uh, but the one dude was just saying of, like, when he was doing his lap time uh, in Houston, it was a different track, same place, but they just had a different layout of the track. And uh, he did a 26. And he was just saying how, like, at this one spot, uh, just trying to trail break and do this and that, he was like, it's just hard to be consistent in this spot because you might come in different. You might do this and that. Like, it's just hard to get that perfect lap uh, consistently. You know what I'm saying? But in order to do that, bro, you got to be disciplined. You you got to be disciplined in, in your in your mechanics. You got to be disciplined in your technique. You got to be consistent in your technique and, and your mechanics and, and just of, you know, how to make the car do what the do what the car got to do. Uh so with that being said, it makes me wonder 
And just with the TD Jakes example, is an example, is it hard to flawlessly lead by example? Or is it an example of it may not need to be the example you need to follow, but it's the message itself? You know, because so much of life can be left up to interpretation. And especially in the age of my truth, if someone resonates with you, can that be grounds enough to still take heed to what they're saying? Maybe not necessarily respect them or rock with them, but still acknowledge whatever it is they have to give. T.D. Jakes, if you don't know who he is, he is a preacher. A, a, excuse me. He's a preacher, a pastor. Uh, sure, he has a mega church somewhere out here. I, actually, I think this. I think he has a mega church in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Um. So, if he's given the word for your religion, or anybody, maybe a coach. Or something like that. You know, they'll say, uh, what advice could you take from a homeless person? This and that. Or, or some shit like that. Like, if a homeless person is trying to give you advice, are you going to completely shut them out because, well, they're homeless and you're in a better position than them? Maybe that's fair. But... Maybe you could also take what they're saying because of, hey, well, I'm in this position. And if you don't want to be in the position that I'm in, maybe you should try to find a gym in something that I'm saying. Maybe you shouldn't fully take it in one ear and out the other just with a grain of salt. Maybe I do got some game to give just through my life experiences that has put me in this position. I may not be able to give you the advice to put you in the position to where you want to be, but maybe I can give you the advice to put you in the position you don't want to be in. Maybe that's something to take heed to. If you got a coach, a football coach, a track coach or something like that, if they're overweight, you might think, well, what can they tell me? What do they know? They're overweight. But if they're just teaching you technique from their experience, then maybe the technique is what you need to listen to. Maybe same in this, it may be same in this case. If so, if there's just an overall leader that is talking and giving you a message. Can you still take heed to their message even if they're not necessarily necessarily practicing what they preach? And we also know as humans, a lot of times it's not even so much the message, but it, a lot of the times it is the messenger. You can say something and it'll go in one ear and out the other and then somebody else can come through and say the same exact thing and now all of a sudden, it's the most prolific thing in the world. But it's like, well, I said that. What? What? Yeah, but you're you. I'm me. That person is that person. So it hit harder. It just hit different. As humans, are we wrong for that? 
Are we right for that? Say T.D. Jakes is caught up in some kind of scandal, whatever it may be. I think they were saying that it might be, he might be gay or some shit like that. But if he is, if, if, can he still just be a preacher? Can he still be a pastor? Or are we looking to, or do we really look for humans to be people that lead, people that have a voice? Do we look for them to be perfect? Do we look for them to be someone that we feel we can't be, that we feel we not? And that's why we that's why we hold them in such high regards because it was like, damn, you were supposed to be better than me, but you're not. So now how can I respect you? Why would I want to listen to you? Cause this whole entire time, I was only doing it because, you know, I just thought that you were I just thought you were someone else. But it turns out you just as regular as me. And if I feel like I'm just regular and I'm not maybe so worthy, then what makes you worthy? You're not. But that's also why they say in religion, say in the Bible, we shouldn't worship idols. Because idols are just men. They're just women. They're just people. They're just humans. They're going to fall short more times than not. More times than not, a motherfucker going to fall short. You know? Um. So, yeah, it, you know, that just made me think, like, can a motherfucker be like that? Uh, and that kind of goes into my next topic. What if his parents, the greatest lie you told your child was how smart you were lied and said you got straight A's to make them want that as well I can't remember what I was watching but they was I think it was the Dr. Umar joint and he was just saying how like you know he was like here it is Christmas the holidays and I bet nobody bought their child a bookshelf I bet nobody bought their child a book an ebook or anything like that. And he was just saying how like our kids uh, are, are, are grade level are they're not at their grade level of reading and things of that nature. And just because parents aren't taking the time to read with them and, and, and things like that. And, and he was just saying how like, you know, that's going on in, in, in single, in single parent homes. People got to work, this and that. They're dealing with their life. When they get home, they not pressed on making you read and following up with your homework and all this and that stuff. But he was also saying how, like, black men, we gear our kids to sports, to entertainment. Like, that's what we push on them, like. 
You got to be good in football. You got to be good in basketball. Like, I, that's what I want you to be. I want you to be good in football. I want you to be good in basketball. Sending them to camps, doing all kind of trainings and all this and that, whatever the case may be. And it just made me think, like, what if you just told your kid, like, just to, like, kind of flex on them and front on them and stuff like, man, like, what? Like, bro, I was out here getting 1500s on the SAT. I was always getting straight A's. Like, I was a brilliant kid in this and that. Like, I wonder if that lie, if you could get that lie off to your children. <coughs> Excuse me. I wonder if you can get that lie off to your children just to make them think that education is cool. Because, you know, like they say, kids want to be like their parents. Little boys want to be like their dads and, and shit like that. So what if them what if part of them wanting to be like you was just wanting to be like a brainiac? You know what I'm saying? Like a nerd. And like you you wasn't like that at all. You was getting C's. You barely made it across the stage. You was just a jock. But here you is that made up this master plan. I'm finna lie to this nigga his whole life. I'm finna lie to this nigga and just tell him I was super smart. And then if he asks for help, I'm just going to be like, nah, you got to figure it out. Because I figured it out because I'm just that smart. So I want you to figure it out because, well, you're just like me. And you that smart. So figure it out. I'm, I'm, I haven't really thought too deep into how I can work or the, bat, or, 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 the, or the loophole in the logic. I would imagine that at some point, as the kid get older, if you just keep pushing, like once they hit middle school, some shit like that, they might really start looking around and thinking, like, well, they might they might start equating the smartness to the materialistic things. So if you don't have a big house, if you don't have a nice car, if you're not always dressing well and this and that, they might think, well, if you're so smart, like how can we seem to be kind of broke? Why you broke? If that's the case, if you're so smart, like, what happened? That's when you might have to start another, hey, well, and maybe that might even be a lie. It could be true. Well, I just made some decisions in life that just, you know, kind of messed me up. Now let me tell you about these decisions so you don't do it. That's where you could bring in the truth of, like, well, this is what I did. I had everything set up, this and that, but I made these decisions, so now I'm here. I did that, so you ain't had to go through that. That's why I'm letting you know. A smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from others. Be wise. Be incredibly wise, you know? Uh, And it just made me think, like, man, I wonder how I'm going to do with my child. Like, I hope that when I have a child, you know, that I can – I, I can be in tuned enough to just push that on them uh, uh, of just taking education seriously, taking education seriously and not just always pushing entertainment on them. You know what I'm saying? Like give them a book, but who knows? Cause how worse are children? I don't know, but the little kids is worse. Sit your ass down somewhere 
and do something. But instead, I'll probably just give them an, an iPad or something. See, I really, I'll be thinking to myself, I might not give my kids like an iPad or something just to sit them down. And I might not give them a book either. But again, back to entertainment and not necessarily trying to push them to entertainment, but just something I would probably push on them when I think about it. Like I, I would rather, I would maybe put a guitar in, in my child's hand, maybe a, a piano. You know what I'm saying? Like, hopefully that's something they, they, they can take to that. They like, you know, playing piano that they like playing guitar, you know? And again, it just gives them something to do. It just gives them something to learn over time. Like learn this, learn that, you know, learn how to paint or some shit like that, you know, but just an iPad, I don't know. But then again, in this world that we're living in, this digital age, that could very well be extremely necessary. I don't know. You know, but again, that's just a theory that made me think of like, I wonder if like, I wonder how successful that could be if you just like, if you weren't the 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 greatest student in the world, but because you want your child to be that like, and you just think about that theory of, you know, you being heroes to your children, if you just lied to them and told them like, hey, you know, I was this, I was that, you know, so you can do it. You be that way. Who knows? Who knows? But anyways, guys, is there anything else I would like to get into before I uh, get on up out of here? Let me just scroll through Instagram, see if there's anything. Uh, I don't believe there is. I don't believe there is. Oh, uh, so yeah, guys, once again, happy new year's to you. I hope this is an amazing Monday. Hope you're not too hungover. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that motherfuckers is going up for new year's Eve. Uh, what I'm going to be doing, what, what, what I'm doing for new year's Eve. Ain't no telling. Ain't no telling. Maybe I went out. Maybe I played the crib. Just going to have to wait for the next episode to find out. But until then, let's get out with something. And you know what? Let's go to the joys. Even though we 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 started the we we finished the year off with a lot a lot of Hispanic music. Let me go to my favorite playlist, one of my favorite playlists, which is The Joys. And, uh, oh, you know what? And this kind of was song of the week for me, actually. So here we go. Without further ado, song of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. My men and my women. Yeah. Yeah. My men and my women. You need something unexpected. Some form of weapon. You ask him to feel protected. And still feel protected. One time for yeah. the wreck it. Just one time for the wreck it. Don't agree with yeah. the message. Don't agree with the methods. Don't let them let the lifestyle drag you down. Who knows when was the last time you found the love? One last sparkle to follow in my life. One last sparkle to follow. Man, it's too early. 
30. Why the hell are you worried? Play something that is very, very vibe worthy. I don't want my mind alerting. People saying tweeting gonna make you die early. How about have my heart hurting? Hold it on the side, that can make you die early. Only get your best attorney. Something's there, feel it when I heard it. Just release the spirit, let it flow though. Leaving out with one leg, like Lojo. Now we to the cross of long nails like Coco. Free throw coat for the throat goats. Even if I gotta do it solo, even if I gotta do it with no promo. Got my point across till we finally get across and pass the point. So, there's a couple things that I gotta quote. Don't involve yourself in things you don't have to know. I ain't never question what you was asking for. I give you every single thing you was asking for. I don't understand how anybody could ask for more. Got a list of even more, I just laugh it off. I be going through things I had to roll. Celebrity drama that only rather know. Too many family secrets, somebody passing notes. Things I cried about, I find laughable. Baby Jesus ain't laughing, no Don't involve yourself in things that ain't after, no The big man upstairs ain't laughing, no Don't involve yourself in things that ain't after, no Here we are You know I'm not about it Showed you my heart I let you into my thoughts Don't let, don't let the lights down Drag you down Who knows when was the last time You felt the love been a great one too that would have been a great one to end it out with but uh all right guys it has been another one i hope that uh, your new year's is safe i hope that you whatever resolutions that you have in 2024 that you just stick with them uh especially if it's the gym because <laughs> let me tell you i ain't been to the gym i ain't been hitting the gym like that in a minute before I started, before I started my job, I was in the gym damn near every day, at least five days a week. Now, my nigga, I ain't been into the gym in months. And let me just say, when it comes to going to the gym, 
if you miss one day, you might miss three days. And if you miss three days, three days is going to turn into two weeks. And once you get to two weeks, it's over. And Lord knows it is so flipping easy to just for that shit to be over. It is. It's incredibly easy. So, uh, yeah, if that's one of your if that's one of your resolutions, then I hope you I hope you stay with it. But all right, guys, we about it is John. I'm fighting for you, Jack. I'm fighting for you, Jack. 